Let's talk about the situation in Surrey schools right now. Man, Surrey schools is bursting at the seams here. We've got overcrowded schools everywhere. We've got portables everywhere. Now look what the district has to do. Some uh, extreme action we've got to take here. The plan now for a staggered school start day. So you will have staggered times, kids going to class at different times in high schools. About a third of the high schools in Surrey will be affected by this. I got Cindy Dalglish standing by to discuss this. First, have a listen to Gary Timoshuk here from the Surrey School Board here. We're going to um, add one extra block a day. So right now there's four blocks throughout the course of a day and we'll add a fifth. So we may start eight-ish and may go till three-ish. <laughs> okay, we may start eight-ish, finish around three-ish, yeah, this is interesting. Let's discuss it now with my guest, Cindy Dalglish. Cindy is an education advocate, and especially in the city of Surrey, and I'm always grateful for her time. Cindy, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate it. What do you think of this plan here? We can sort of see this one coming, right? It had been on the table for a while, and it looks like they're actually going to do it now. Yeah, I mean, if I was to say about all the different ideas that they've come up with, uh, to try to manage within the budgets that they are that are imposed upon the district, I would call this the best of the worst ideas. <laughs> okay, the best of yeah. the worst. No, not ideal, but there's got to be some concerns here. I mean, this is going to be. I mean, it, it may not be convenient for a lot of parents. Yeah, if if you have multiple kids on different schedules, oh. it will definitely have an impact. If uh, your children are involved in sports or uh, external activities, it's going to impact that. Um, the disruption is also going to be not only to the kids, but also to the staff and the expectations on an already over um, taxed uh, staff is yeah. is it, it's just adding it's adding to the pile. But yeah. I don't feel like the district has much choice because we're not funding education properly in this province and Surrey being one of the biggest district, it impacts it the most there. Yeah, and that's uh, certainly the argument that Gary Timoshuk is making here from the Surrey School Board. And uh, let's listen to this clip, Cindy, for your thoughts. And you'll hear him admit here that parents, a lot of parents don't like this plan, but what are you going to do? Let's have a listen. So far, like we expected, uh, parents are not overly happy about this. We had no choice, so yes, uh, but there are no other options. Okay, so he says parents yeah. are not happy, but we have no choice. Your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. 100% yeah. agree with that. Um, I, I'm starting to see posts and, and things like on the local Facebook pages and in social media about how this is going to impact kids. And, you know, people just, again, they're they're wondering why education isn't a priority in this province. It it's, doesn't seem to matter which party is in power. It seriously just is not an issue that a government seems to want to to deal with. They don't, yeah. we're, it, it, I think healthcare and education are the biggest spends. So if we're going to spend the money, let's spend the money and make sure that we're supporting students properly. They won't pull data, they won't capture data that shows when education isn't fulsome, what the impacts are to society later. But if the opioid crisis is any indication, um, we might see a little bit of correlation there. Uh, if you see homelessness and poverty issues and lack of education, uh, disabilities, all of that plays a role in our education system. And when we're supporting the system properly, it really does impact the financial uh, ramifications later on. It does seem like this, the system is not 
adequately anticipated the demands or the number of students that would be going to Surrey schools. Uh, why do you think that is? I mean, is it because, like, the federal government, is this mostly immigration-driven? I mean, we've got such huge immigration targets and uh, so many new Canadians coming to Canada, and many of them want to live in British, they want to live in Metro Vancouver, they want to live in Surrey. Is that what's driving this? We get so many new Canadians coming here, and that's what's filling up the schools? I would say it's a factor. I don't think yeah. it, it. That's that's not the only thing. I mean, regardless if we have immigration or or other areas of the province or Canada wanting to come here into Surrey, we have we are a huge landmass. So developers see the opportunity to build communities. They're responsible for one portion of that, which is building the homes or the you know the capital infrastructure for businesses. We need our cities and our province to also build the infrastructure that goes in line with that housing. So yeah. for example, right now, if a townhouse complex is being built, the district and or city, I don't even know who's who does this anymore, whose responsibility, because they both just point at each other, um, who is responsible for saying how many kids are expected from this development project. Right. And say it's, a say it's 100 townhouses, they're maybe only projecting three or four kids but that's only on day one that's the day that everyone's moving in they're not looking at the parent the people that are going in there they're they're settling in they're having families those kids are going to go to school and and then kids that are moving in that are already in schools and are transferring in from different districts or different catchment areas they're not accounting for any of that they're accounting for day one only and that is a bigger issue I would also say the amount of, um, and I, I'm not opposed to having the the basement suites, but there are a lot of unlicensed uh, or whatever the word is, basement suites in Surrey, and we need them. So yep. I understand that, but they're not accounted for in the taxes that we uh, take in, and the numbers of the people that are in there are not accounted for our school well, systems either. And and that particular pressure point is going to increase because we've got a government now that's moving forward with provincially mandated yeah. density plans. And we're going to yeah, have fourplexes, sixplexes in a lot of these single-family neighborhoods. At least that's the plan. Yeah, the story's already there, though. Like, I don't see the... I see the provincial impact in other areas langley being one of them um mm. but surrey surrey's kind of already going that way um i would say there's going to be some impact but it's probably not going to be as huge as for other uh, other cities but it does play a role and if unless and that was one of my questions to ravi kalon was okay so how are you as housing minister working with the ministry of education and the ministry of advanced education because we also need more teachers and support staff in order to school and educate these people so yeah. we don't have the staffing so i don't even know how this the whole staffing is going to work with the semester extra um uh block not semester how is that going to work with the current staffing when we're already way, way understaffed. Um, can't even tell you how many times substitutes are in there uh, because they were never able to fill a position. So they've got a mm. roving uh, number of, of substitutions coming in. Um, so there's already there's already issues. It's not just about capital building. There's so much more to this than than just building a school. 
Yeah, for sure. And they do seem to have done a poor job of planning or anticipating what's happening. I mean, we see brand, literally brand new schools in Surrey are even maybe a year or two old. And they've already got portables going up outside a brand new school. I mean, you could have built the school bigger to begin with if we had been thinking ahead, right? Let me play another clip here for you. Speaking of portables, Cindy, I'm really interested in your thoughts on this. Let's have a listen before, to... Before before, yeah. before you do, though, yes. I just want to hit on that point. It, sure. There's nothing more infuriating as a parent when you show up to a board meeting and they're showing the design and the plans for a new school property. And they are saying, here's where the building is, is where the gym will be. And this is where the portables will go <laughs> later on. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So they're, pl- they're planning ahead for the portables already. Speaking yeah. to Cindy yeah. Dalglish, Cindy is an education advocate. We're talking about Surrey schools bursting out the seams here. Let's have a listen to the president of the Surrey Teachers Association, Jatinder Beer. And she talks here about these extended school hours in some Surrey high schools and not happy about it. Have a listen. I would rather put portables in and modules than extend the days which is a disruption to all. Okay, she would rather have more portables than have kids going to school at 8 o'clock in the morning or staying later at school. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I, I agree and I disagree. So I would say I agree from the sense that in terms of, you know, the hours of the day, that the lack of disruption would be better if we had yeah. more modulars and or portables. Um, but I, I'm so vehemently opposed to adding more portables versus building net new schools um, and not because of the portables. I don't think our schools need to be bigger. I think we need more schools. The bigger the school, mm. the more impact to the school community. Kids are getting lost. There's less kids getting onto the basketball team because there's just that many more kids vying for those spots. So we're trying to build communities. We're trying to teach our kids about being part of a society. And here we are making them basically an ant, a speck in a great big school. We need to have more land built up, use the modular uh, buildings, get away from portables because they do not hold their value or value is not the right word, but you know, they can be destroyed a lot quicker. Yeah. Modulars feel more like a school. They're very inexpensive overall. You can build up, you can build uh, hallways, gyms, libraries. You can do all the things you can. We don't need these big fancy schools that we're seeing in South Surrey. We need functional schools that are comfortable, they're heated, they have mm. potential for air conditioning, they have bathrooms. Like, let's get to the basics, but we can't do that without the funding from the province. Right. I love how you're thinking big picture on all these issues. Here's what I want to do, Cindy, right now. Let's take a quick break, come back with more. My guest is Cindy Dalglish. Cindy is an education advocate in Surrey. We're talking about Surrey schools bursting at the seams. So some Surrey high schools here will be moving to extended and staggered school hours here. You'd have kids going to class and shifts here in order to fit more kids into the school day in some Surrey high schools. That was an interesting uh, comment there from the president of the Surrey Teachers Association, and she said she'd rather have more portables rather than these 
adjusted school hours here. If you were a parent in Surrey, you have kids in the system, I would love to hear from you on this. If you have a child in a portable, please call me. Did you go to a, uh, did you attend class in a portable when you were a kid? Please let me know. I remember I went uh, a couple of years in a portable and I, I just remember it being cold, cold in the winter. That's what I remember about that. But for me, I think they're a bit more better insulated now. But maybe not. You tell me. 604 280-9898 is the number. Star 9898, toll free on your cell. We're talking about Surrey schools bursting at the seams here. Cindy Douglas is my guest. Mark in Surrey on the open line. Hey, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, a couple quick points. The NDP government, since it's been in power recently, has not actually put into plans or built any of the public schools. All the schools that have been built recently were all liberally liberal government planned and built under the former Liberal government. So those were all projects that were already in the works. Second point, anytime you put a uh, portable onto the school property, that comes out of each district's school's operating budget. It's not paid for by the province, so guess what? We have to put a new portable on this school. We don't have enough books to buy. We don't have enough money to buy the books for kids and stuff because we have to put another portable out in our parking lot. So those are two points that I don't think a lot of people know. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mark, for that. Cindy, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Number one, um, some of the projects were what the Liberals had been promising for many, many years. Um, But it's not true that those are the only ones that have been built or in the process of being built. There, it's been a combination of both parties. Um, My my sentiment being at this point is, I don't care who. I I I don't (laughs) care who. Who cares? Uh, who cares? Who the, gets I'm credit? I'm tired of yeah. finger pointing. Just yeah. get it done. And he, I do like that he provided the context around the operating versus capital. Now they both are funded from the the province, um, but yes, portables are not coming out of capital funding like buildings. That's what the capital funding is for. So where that, com- that comes out of operational. A, so that comes out of a school uh, school but a school district's oper- operating budget. Yep, uh, the yeah. the portables do, but the modulars wouldn't. So the modulars would come out of the capital, which is another reason why we should be moving that direction. Let's go to Derek in Port Moody. Hi, Derek. Go ahead. Good morning. Well, first of all, I agree with Cindy. It's the the best idea of the worst. You've got to add the portables right now. Changing the... uh, Changing the the schedule is not going to work. Secondly, you know I've said well she's well she said she said changing the schedule was the best best bad idea. Yeah, I think you did right, Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. Best of the worst. Okay. I disagree. I think adding the portables would be the better option at this point. And the the other point I want to make, Mike, is. That, that would be my question back is where because a lot of these schools are already are, are have already used up all of their land for portables. Well, I mean, if they, if there's no other choice, I mean, if they've used up all the land, I would say portables first choice. And if there's no option for that, then sh- then we have no option. We have to go with changing the schedule. Exactly. But, yeah, but that's where my they're at. other point. My other point is, is, is as you mentioned, building to the future. When I've always said, when they build these schools, why can't you build a school and and say, okay, in ten years from now, we're going to add another level. We're going to add another story and go one or two stories high. There's a school in, in Maple Ridge, a private Christian school that's being built right now. It's three stories high. I mean, hmm. why build all these single-level, big rancher-style schools? It doesn't make sense to me. Derek, thank you for the call. Well, I guess how, that's how the modulars work, right, Cindy? Yeah, and I will say the district is is 
starting to warm up to the whole idea of multiple floors, even looking at things like, okay, so we might not need the top floor for this period of time. Um, is there other ways, other community ways we can use that space in the meantime? Um, so they're, they're starting to get a little bit creative, but kind of going back to the funding, the funding models were per student funding. So a building, doesn't matter how many kids are in it, still needs to have their heating, their water, and all the, the different things that are regardless of how many students are in there. So if a school is okay. not getting all the funding in because they don't have enough students, it does put more financial pressure. So so many nuances, so many things to consider. Squeeze in one more. John in South Surrey. John, you got to go quick. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, my idea is quite different, I guess. I'm suggesting that schools stay open 12 months a year. Year-round year round schooling. Cindy, what do you think of that? we got 30 seconds here. Um, being somebody who cares about the staff and the students and wonder how we're going to staff that, I, I don't see that happening. I know that that does happen in different areas of the world, um, okay. and I'm not, I'm not personally opposed to it. I just don't think it'll fly. Cindy, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me.